You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners, also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200. So Batman totally killed the Joker with an axe. Uh, no, because the Batmobile broke a wheel and the Joker got away. No, the Joker did not get away. He got chopped up, and then uh, Batman faked his death and uh, put a answer. Batman faked message. his death? Oh, Batman, you devious devil, you. That was pretty cool. This week on Dueling Review, we take a look at Fantastic Four number one. Because you demanded it, the world's greatest comic magazine is back. Since the end of Secret Wars, there's been a gap in the Marvel Universe, a void no other team can fill and it's time for the world to move on. But can it? A life-changing decision by The Thing, a momentous declaration by the Human Torch, a clarion call to arms that summons Doctor Doom, and a signal in the sky that heralds the return of hope to the Marvel Universe. All this and Alicia Masters adopts kittens. So cute! Plus the Impossible Man. Matthew, Fantastic Four finally get their own comic book. Shut up. (laughs) That is never funny. It is. It is always it's funny. Not. Because, because somebody out there... It's the 37th anniversary of the actual know, right? first issue of their own comic. Yeah, this came. the first issue came out 37 years ago. No, yep. more than yeah, that. Yeah, 1961. 37 years ago. Today is 1998. Yeah, go, go back and do some math there, dude. Dude, I don't know what year it is. I'm 27 years old. Shut up. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So... Fine. Uh, 57 years ago. Yes, that's probably more in line with the correct date. Your mom's in line with the You know, the first family of Marvel Comics. I mean, this is, I mean, even though the Human Torch had been around before the Fantastic Four had formed. uh, A What's that? A Human Torch, yes. Well, yes, but the Human Torch. uh, And even though Marvel Comics had been around before the Fantastic Four. Eh, it depends on who you ask and how uh, you, de- you know, uh, you know, Marvel was about to, to close down according to the, to the story. And, and Stan was uh, at home and, and his wife was like, oh dear, you know, you've always wanted to do this one idea and tell this one story. And just before the company closes, here's your one chance to do it. And according to, to the story, he was like, okay, you know, screw it. If we're going to go out of business, I'm going to do at least one thing that I, that I have my heart set on. And he wrote this story of the Fantastic Four, and the rest is history. See, I always heard it as uh, his his father-in-law or brother-in-law, Martin Goodman, was playing golf with Jack Donenfeld from DC Comics. And Donenfeld kept telling him he needed to get on, on the big money they were making with this Justice League of America thing. So they came. he came back and he says, Stan, Stan, I want a team. Make a team, Stan. Like that Justice League of America. That's what I was. Yeah, no, um, Marvel was not doing very well uh, at that time. In fact, you can go and Stan talks uh, about 
how he was at the point in the company where he was having to let people go left and right. I mean, he's this kid, right? I mean, his his uh, yeah, was, he's, his he's uncle, like his father-in-law, whoever put him in charge. I think uh, either father-in-law or brother-in-law. Yeah. Somehow well, Martin Goodman is related to to Joni. Yeah. And so um, there was this kid running around the office and he kept getting bumped up because other people got fired. And then at one point in, in the in the 1960s, um, you know, he's having to let people go left and right. And he, he's feeling really bad about it. And he's going into the bathroom and throwing up in between each firing because he just couldn't handle it. And he was so depressed. And, and Joni was like, oh, you know, you wanted to do this story. Tell it. And it's the Fantastic Four. You know, Reed and Sue and Johnny and the other thing. No, literally the thing, not yes. the other thing. And they were all on the cover and the rest is history. And yeah, then the Secret Wars I don't came. Think that's true. And then the Secret Wars came. What? And uh yeah, the Secret Wars came and there was a great hole left in the Marvel universe because, you know, Sue and Reed and the the FF, the Future Foundation, all went spinning off somewhere and and only Ben Grimm saw it and he knows they ain't never coming back. Well, that's what he claims. Well, yeah, but I mean, if you think you saw your best friend die, are you really going to hold out hope that uh, that they'd be coming back? Well, is my best friend made of electronic rubber, and has he returned from death a hundred times? Well, you got to remember, this is Marvel Comics, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Johnny seems super positive about this. I guess I don't know who is Wyatt. I don't. I guess I don't know Reed, Wyatt uh, Wingsfoot. You know who is he? Wyatt Wingfoot uh, was introduced as Johnny's college roommate in very early issues of Fantastic Four. Now, is he uh, a Wyatt, superhero? No. Oh, okay. Wyatt Wingfoot is just uh, an athlete. He's a Native American. He's actually the one whose tribe, I believe it's the Kiwazi tribe, uh, came up with Tomozuma the Living Totem. Mm, mm-hmm. But he also, for a long time, dated the She-Hulk. Yeah, that's why there was that that uh, bit in the issue where... Um the two meet and they're like, Hey, how you doing? And she's like, Oh, I'm doing okay. Just getting some kids out of jail. That and is not how the she Hulk <laughs> talks. She Hulk does not have. Oh, hi, Wyatt. Hi, how are oh, you? Hi, Wyatt. She Hulk like you much. No, she Hulk has a full womanly <laughs> breathy voice. Like <laughs> Kathleen Turner. Probably. That's how I would imagine. I'm like, I, yeah. that's how I would always imagine her. I don't think I could. And I think I always have ever since I remember as a, as a young uh, young lad, uh, seeing many of the early She-Hulk comics with her on the cover, you know, and they did all the things that they did with the She-Hulk. Uh, I always imagined that she sounded a lot like Kathleen Turner uh, yeah. it, it, during her spin as uh, Jessica Rabbit yes. and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, absolutely. That's perfect. Yeah, I just I didn't know what that relationship was. And I was like, well, typically superheroes date other superheroes because you know, that's how things go in comic books. So I thought maybe he was a super too. Wyatt has, well, the main universe, what's that? What I refer to as your six, one, six, Wyatt Wingfoot has never been a superhero in the terrible world of, um, Alex Ross's Marvel universe X or future X or earth X, whatever the hell that mess was. Mm -hmm. Wyatt Wingfoot became, um, uh, actually, he borrowed the identity of a different Native American superhero, which really kind of ticked me off when you think about it. But yeah, Wyatt is not superhuman. However, he is a like a really, really athletic guy. Oh, yeah. You can tell by the way he's drawn. He's like super, yeah. super muscular man. Yeah, he's a big he's a big, strong, massive dude. And so there are times where he has been involved in Fantastic Four adventures mm-hmm. and She-Hulk adventures. 
but he's never actually been, you know, I don't know, Native American man or whatever you'd call him. Right, right. So I guess the next question I have would be, uh, when was the last time we saw him? Is this one of those things that Dan Slott's like, you know, elbowing you in the, in the ribs and going, see, see what I did? Uh-huh, uh, see? Uh, or has uh, he been floating around with Johnny since um, Secret Wars as roommates and everything? I don't recall having seen Wyatt since Secret Wars, but I also haven't been paying attention to Marvel 2-in-1. Mm, yeah. So he may be part of the Marvel 2-in-1 stuff. The last place I remember seeing Wyatt regularly would have been during She-Hulk's regular book. And that's been a while. That's since before Secret Wars. Yeah, that right? would have been that would have been late nineties. So Oh, you're but going again, back that's... that far. I thought you were talking about like right up before Secret Wars when she got shot in the head or whatever happened to her. No, no, I don't remember when any of that. we thought that she died, but she really didn't. That was the Hulk, dude. I know, but remember when we thought that uh well maybe it was uh the start of uh, Steve Rogers Super Nazi where That was the Hulk, dude. No, it was no, we I know that the Hulk got shot in the head, but um yeah. She Hulk uh-huh. also got into big fight and it was like, oh no, is she going to die? Cause there was that big cliffhanger at the end of that issue. Oh, where she Hulk and war machine were badly injured. Yeah. yeah, that, was yeah. Ter- that was terrible and dumb. Yeah. That was civil war two. Oh, right. Okay. That was a previous dumb crossover. with <laughs> <the title. laughs> This is a, a lot of later those. dumb crossover with war in the title. So there's a couple of things in this book. Um, you know, Johnny is the, the gung ho. Yeah. They're coming back any day. Now we're just going to see the signal in the sky and everything will be right in the world. The signal in the sky. Ben Grimm is like, no, no, it's not going to happen. Uh, but, uh, you know, in, in wake of all this, I'm going to let, uh, Alicia get some, some kittens, some little furry kittens, and I'm going to propose to her. Yep. And then, uh, then the signal does show up in the sky because, uh, Reed and Sue are off on a different, uh, galaxy somewhere and Reed being super smart. Sends the giant Fantastic Four signal up in the sky. Now, before that, because a lot of people, I've seen some people complain, and in fact, Ashley kind of complained about it uh, this mm-hmm. week on the Major Spoilers podcast, um, mm-hmm. because she was like, well, they don't actually, doesn't actually feature the Fantastic Four. No. I mean, it features all the characters, uh, but the only time we see them together as a team is in a flashback story, which, again, I'm not a big uh, Marvel fan, so you're going to have to tell me, Matthew, is that flashback a fake flashback or is that a real flashback to something that happened in one of their stories? Let's see the flashback where they're singing. Yeah. The flashback where they're traveling through the inner dimensions and the alien ladies like, you got to sing into this crystal gem. And Johnny's like, don't Shane. To my knowledge, that is a, a whole cloth story that we have never seen. But okay. the story of how Reed and Sue actually disappeared mm-hmm. has also never been told. Oh, I thought that in the beginning of that one part when the universes no. were breaking apart. Remember the ship was breaking apart and nope, Reed was that's like, different. oh, is it? Okay. Yep. All right. Well, after, so after civil war or secret wars or one of the wars, they're just like, yep, they're gone. But they didn't tell us what happened. So here I think is Dan Slott's really pretty good at telling stories, right? In that when he killed Peter Parker and, and, um, Dr. Octopus got into his head and became the, the superior Spider-Man. That was good because people are like, there's no way you're going to do that. Oh my gosh, you did that. Peter Parker's coming back, right? Right. I mean, no. Well, it's been such a long time since there's been Peter Parker. Maybe, maybe Peter Parker's not coming back and then (laughs) they're back. This one. Doesn't the, doesn't the solution seem so obvious from this first chapter? 
Well, I, I mean, mean, we don't actually find out what the solution is. Well, we the just... solution is Ben has a portion of that gem. Johnny can sing. The alien says, all you have to do is sing into this gem and focus on where you want to go. And there you will be. How can that not be so obvious that in order to get Reed and Sue back, Johnny's going to have to get that gym and going to sing into it because Ben makes a big deal of, oh, here's this one locked away treasure that I've never shown anyone before. Oh, let me tell you this story, old man who I've never met before in my life. Me, not Ben. Uh, and it just seems like, oh, that's the obvious solution. Now, maybe that's the, maybe that's a red herring that Dan Slott is throwing that's, in. It's but when I got to it, dude, it's the I know, but it seems it seems really obvious. And, and Dan has in the past shown a great knack <laughs> in throwing people okay. off or dropping clues that don't show up for, you know, 20 more issues. But I just thought it seemed rather obvious on, on the MacGuffin and how they're going to get everybody back. I, I, I don't think it's supposed to be a secret. I, yeah, maybe it's not. I don't know. I just was like, oh, okay, well, uh, there's the solution. Um, why didn't uh, Ben make that connection sooner? I guess. I don't know. Uh, that was the one disappointing part of the issue. Hmm. Uh, You're not sure. a fan, though, of this just being, um, what's the word? Essentially a trailer for coming attractions. Well, yes. Um, someone had said on Twitter that, this is a really good argument for zero issues because it is one. And I agree with that. You know, the traditional 90s era zero issue, which sets up a bunch of housekeeping stuff before the actual story starts. Yeah. You know, if I Marvel would... were still doing those or, you know, their last take at it, which was point one issues, which is just stupid. <laughs> You're stupid, Marvel. Stop well, they being come, stupid. They come be between the zeros and the ones. No, they don't. They're stupid. But in any case, I feel like this is a quintessential zero issue. And uh -huh. for me, you know, were I the person saying, hey, how am I going to get people hooked in this? I would have done this either as a prelude to the actual first issue or had a double or triple size big, you know, massive first issue with a larger chunk of story. But then on the other hand, I really like the way this story ends because mm -hmm. they haven't really sold us on the fact that Reed and Sue are gone. Right. It's just been something where it's like, yep, that totally happened. And it's not because our uh, editor in chief or our, you know, owner said, stop it because you're advertising for my competitors. It's literally something that eh, we have to do it. But as this story ends, we have that moment where everybody is super disappointed. Mm -hmm. They've all been like, oh, well, that was a fake Fantastic Four signal. They're not really back. And then the giant four lights up the sky and Johnny gets that smile and Ben's like, oh, we got a submission. That's nice. I feel like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that ending, that final two page thing is why this issue is put together the way it is. And it's why it's so, I won't say oddly, but so specifically and perhaps even idiosyncratically plotted in terms of the way the story breaks down. What would you think of the uh, Dr. Doom kind of backup story that's in this piece? Uh, I didn't hate it. I feel like Dr. Doom is super overplayed and I feel like it worries me that we can't have a Fantastic Four story that doesn't have Dr. Doom because mm. he, he has been in the spotlight. He had his own solo book, uh, Infamous Iron Man for a year or two under Bendis. And yeah. I'm just like, I don't know. I, I don't 
hate that ending. I don't hate the fact that, you know, they're trying to give us what feels like a fresh take on doom. Mm -hmm. He's like, I need no armor. I need no nothing. I'll do this with my own bare hands and the magic I learned from my gypsy mother and blibbity blobbity blue. That's kind of nice. Uh, I don't like the fact that they showed us Doom's face. <laughs> yeah. I, or some I'm of his sorry. face. Some of his face. Uh, you know, but that's that's fine. That's not really the meat of the issue to me. Yeah. And it's it's kind of another example of, hey, in an, in a just world, that sequence would have been broken out over several issues the way Stan used to do it. With two pages of meanwhile oh, in, in Latveria. Instead of, instead of six pages of... Uh of a backup story, it would be all one page with just wall of text and it would all be a monologue of doom in his, it, in it would his be castle. broken out over several issues yeah. where you'd be like, meanwhile in Latveria, this happens. Oh, this thing. And then the doom bots and everybody's like, Oh, doom bots. Oh, they're evil. Ooh. Here's what I would have done with this issue. I agree with you that it is really a trailer for coming attractions and mm-hmm. that's kind of good and bad because a lot of people will jump in onto this first issue uh, and read this and go, oh, well, now I have to read issue two because I want to see how they get back together. And then they'll have to read issue three to see how they get back together. So from that storytelling standpoint, and I think that some I think readers and fans of comics as a whole need to really grasp this idea that and I think a lot of it, the modern way of doing this falls on Brian Michael Bendis. It's not writing for the trade. It's giving enough information in my ultimate Spider-Man story or my ultimate Fantastic Four story to advance the story just a little bit, but not give you everything you thought you were going to get, which makes you need to go and get the next issue so that you can get the part that you think you're going to get the next time. And that's really what's going on here. Extreme decompression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If this were, and but that's not really what's going on here. This is an extreme decompression. It's just like, oh, you thought this was really going to be the first issue. Now come back for issue number two, where yes, we promise they will get back together. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Until they don't, <laughs> then you'll have to read issue three, and then really by issue six is when you will. Well, probably it's going to be actually issue number four when all four of them are together, but they're not going to be back to earth fighting together as the Fantastic Four until the final page of issue six, right? Right. Here's what I would have done. I would not have made this a zero issue. I would not have made this a number one issue. I certainly would not have made this a 599 issue. Ugh. I would have made this the free comic book day offering. And that be the only comic that Marvel offered on free comic book day. Ooh. Because then everybody would have gotten this for free Everybody would have read it and they would have been jumping up and down going, when, 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 when? And then Marvel would have said, well, if you go back and look at your history, you'll find out that the Fantastic Four debuted on this month in 57 years ago. Uh, You're giving Marvel credit for planning, though. Yeah, and I've kind of talked about some of the problems that Marvel has had with planning, but this definitely would have been the best, the most fantastic free comic book day offering had I they just had there. they just done that? Had they just said, "Here's your free comic book day offering. We're doing nothing else because the Fantastic Four matter and the Fantastic Four are super important, and you will love the story. The story is good. Don't get me wrong. This is a really really good story, but this is a free comic book day teaser that really gets you hoping <laughs> that August gets here sooner so you can buy that number one issue and dive right into what they're serving up. That's interesting. I mean, my biggest problem with the issue i think is the art teams oh really because i really enjoyed the art i didn't enjoy I the art as much Sarah in Pichelli's the uh, art i didn't enjoy the art as much in the dr doom stuff 
Right. And of course, you know, you get to the end and there's the bit with uh, the impossible man. Right, right. Which may or may not be actually part of the issue. Uh, it's supposed That's, to be because it's Scotty Young doing that. Scotty Young messing around and it's cool. I like Pacelli and I want to see Pacelli, but I'm like, man, this just feels ugh. we have the two stories, wildly inconsistent art, not to mention the fact that. I don't care for the cover art. Who does the cover? Well, there's a bunch of them. Uh, I don't remember who's doing the main cover on this. I don't think it's uh, Alex. I I don't think it's Alex Ross doing that main cover. I'm not saying that Alex Ross draws butt ugly covers, (laughs) but this is a butt ugly cover that I'm like, this feels like an Alex Ross. But uh, the cover that I have has Reed in the foreground, Mm -hmm. the big freaky beard reaching towards the reader doing a thing. And, of course, it has a thing that actually looks like Michael Chiklis. So uh, issue number, the one that you're talking about is the Assad Ribic cover. That's who does that cover. He's doing the main <laughs> cover on that. Assad Ribic? E-S-A-D-R-I-B-I-C. Yeah. Oh, okay. I love that. I thought that was what a frog says. They also had a Mike Waringo variant cover. Um, Aww. And the way that they, they touted that one, which was kind of very misleading, was... Uh, with an original Mike Ringo art never seen before on a cover. Right. Um, well, and there's a Kirby cover too, and yeah. Kirby's been dead for 25 years. Yeah. So. Well, they didn't try to tout that as a new Jack Kirby cover, though. Uh, they, they said the a, same thing, though, about the Waringo that they said about the Kirby. They? Okay. Never before seen as a cover. Yeah. Uh, they had a bunch of Scotty Young covers, four of, of the Fantastic Four in that style. Uh, the Stanley Art Germ. Um, stuff yeah. is great. Those are the four Stanley's. that I wish that I had. I uh, like Archer. Simone Biacci, uh, or Biacchi, yeah. uh, did, uh, Biacchi. two of the covers. Yeah. Sarah Pacelli did the one where they're walking out of the light. Um, yeah. Emanuela Lupacciano, uh, did a Lupacino. pretty cool, Lupacino, mm-hmm. uh, did a pretty cool cover. There is a Alex it's Ross like a, cover. A coffee made of wolves, Lupacino. <laughs> Alex Ross did it, did a cover that you would not like. Well, of um, course. George Perez had a remastered cover. Eric Powell had a variant cover. Humberto Ramos had a cover. Nick Bradshaw, which I really like the Nick Bradshaw cover. That one's pretty cool. Nick uh, Bradshaw from the, the New England Patriots? Yes, that Nick Bradshaw. Uh, wow. Walt Simonson had a cover. Uh, Mark Brooks, uh, John Cassidy, John Casada had a Hidden Gem variant cover. There were, there, were 50, there were 50 different covers that you could get. Yowza. Yeah. It's, it's they one are of those not hedging deals. their bets on making this the number one seller of the month. Uh, well, they, so yeah, they are going to make sure that this is the number one seller of the month. And on some of these, you have to remember too, that, uh, there are ones that have the trade dress on it and ones that don't, there are oh. ones that, that, uh, comic book stores could get with their logo on it. So they did that whole thing that we've seen, uh, with other places as well. I'm, you know, if people want to get on board with that, I don't have a problem with that yeah, at all, but I, but I really think this would have been better served as a free comic book day edition. Bottom line for me. I, I like this. I like this book. I really did. And I went in kind of knowing what was going on, uh, but I read it anyway. And at the end, I was like, oh, there's some sad parts and there's some happy parts and there's some amazing parts and there's some fantastic parts. Uh, but there's yeah. also some problematic parts. But overall, I would say if you want to drop five ninety nine on a comic book, uh, go out and buy a physical copy of this. I, this is going to be my my um, edict going forward. If a book is going to be more than two ninety nine and it's mm-hmm. really good. Buy the physical version of the book. Don't buy the digital version because the digital version is just in the back of your mind. Digital version should be 99 cents or, or you know, a buck, uh, 20, something like that. 
But if you're going to be spending six, eight, ten bucks on a on a comic book, get, get that some physical paper. Yeah, get the get the physical book so that you can sit there and go, well, there's where my six dollars went. <laughs> okay. Or That's you not know, at all depressing. Yeah, or you know, you know a better way is that every week you could put your your um, your AirPods in your ear and you could be listening to Dueling Review and say, "Oh, that's where my five bucks went for the month Four four episodes of Dueling Review. That's a yeah. bargain. That is a bargain for me. I'm going to go over to Patreon.com/slash/MajorSpoilers right now. Sign up for that five dollar a month uh, level and get access to a whole bunch of stuff. And quite honestly. If you're looking for the best bang for your buck, it's not yep. in a five ninety nine Fantastic Four number one issue. It's actually in a five dollar a month pledge to Major Spoilers. You get access to uh, new shows. You get access to behind the scenes stuff. You get access to bonus content. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the one that has the most rewards to it. Uh, I know Absolutely. we have. I know we have seven fifty and ten dollar and twenty five and forty and a hundred thousand uh, dollar levels, and we have yep. people at those levels. Well, not the hundred thousand dollar one yet. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, the great we do have people at those lottery at any time. Yeah, I mean, and uh, we have people at those other levels because they know that they want to uh, support us more than just that five dollar level, and they, of course, they get more rewards um, that are greater than that: t-shirts, membership cards, original art, those kinds of things. Yep. Uh, but one thing that happens, whether you are a Patreon member or not, is you get to help guide dueling reviews going forward, right, Matthew? That is true. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash major spoilers. And then you faithful spoilerite out there, friends, neighbors, countrymen, you can pick the book that Steven and I review every week on dueling review and something else that's important. If you're a little short of funds, you can't quite swing that major spoilers membership. You don't have to be a major spoilers patron to vote on dueling review. You just have to have a Patreon account. Yep, that's right. Just go to patreon.com slash major spoilers and cast your vote. It's a free it's a free post that we put up. We do put up some free posts over there yeah. at patreon.com slash major spoilers. In fact, uh, Matthew does something called uh, Why Do You Hate Me? It's not called Why Do You Hate Me? It's just that as I'm writing it, I keep crying out, Why Do You Hate Me? So initially, Matthew reviews these horrible books that you vote on. Ugh. Uh, some of the worst comics in history. And he he reviews them and writes a review for them. And we put that up. Uh, behind uh, the Patreon wall for 15 days. And then after 15 days, it's available for everyone. So go over to patreon.com slash major spoilers and uh, check out what we got. And I think uh, you will agree that, hey, $5 isn't a whole lot per it's month. Uh, I think I can I think I can swing that. Maybe I will cast my vote for one of the books coming out next week from Boom Studios. Adventure Time gets a trade paperback volume 15. There's a uh, book called By Night, number three. Uh, Does it have a werewolf? It might. Jim Henson's Beneath the Dark Crystal number two of 12. The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number 30 arrives. Oh, that's uh, second to last issue of that Shattered Grid crossover. WWE number 20. Uh, Oh, that's the 20th issue of WWE. There you go. Dark Horse Comics has uh, the Game of Thrones figure Jon Snow Battle of Bastards uh, figure that you can buy. That's a $30 uh, asking price. He knows nothing. John Snow. He knows nothing, John Snow. Actually, it's a different John Snow that they're talking about there. But you could also get the Hellboy Complete Short Stories Trade Paperback Volume 2. You could also pick up Vinegar Teeth, the trade paperback, or Witchfinder mm-hmm. Gates of Heaven Number 4, the penultimate issue, right there. Uh, if you are also so inclined, you could get Disney Pixar's Incredibles 2, Issue Number 2, Crisis, Midlife, and Other Stories for just four bucks. 
DC Comics has Astro City Broken Melody hardcover. That's a collected mm-hmm. trade paperback. Yep. Uh, Batgirl number 25, Batman number 53, Batwoman number 18. Mm-hmm. Cave Carson has an Interstellar Eye number six. Doesn't he, though? Is that the last issue of that or is that an ongoing? Do you know? I can't remember. I think it is a six issue mini because I think the latest wave of young animal stuff is all six. Ah, okay. All right. Doomsday Clock number two gets a third uh, printing. <laughs> Why would you bring back the comedian? Why? Harley Quinn number 48. He actually never went away. He just came over into the uh, main DCU. He was killed in the I, first well, panel of the first issue that, of the first book. That's what you book. thought, but see what happened was he poured it out. He went bloop and he popped into no, the main DCU. That's what they don't say. Don't you dare. Don't I, you lie Jeff to John me. said that's what happened. So it must Jeff have happened. Jeff Johns can shut his lying <laughs> mouth. <laughs> yes. Are you quoting? Are you cro- quoting Alan Moore again? Please. <laughs> uh, Injustice 2 number 32 arrives next week. Justice League number six arrives, as does Pearl number one. I have no idea what that is about. That is about be. Steven Universe's tall pointy mom. Nope, that's uh, not in the DCU. Uh, Steven Universe is actually over at Boom Studios. In fact, I think I may have mentioned Steven Universe ongoing number 19 comes out next week from Boom Studios. It's a crossover. Over at Dynamite Entertainment, we have Jeepers Creepers number four and the Sherlock Holmes Vanishing Man number four. IDW Publishing has uh, Sonic the Hedgehog number eight, Star Trek The Next Generation, Terra Incognita number two. Ooh. Also, uh, Bebop and Rocksteady hit the road number three of five. I think that's a weekly release because I'm pretty that sure. That sounds right. I'm pretty sure issue one and two have come out in the last couple of uh, weeks. Also, Walt Disney Showcase number six, The Phantom Blot, everybody's favorite villain, The Phantom Blot. It'll be Can you name another and, Disney villain? Uh, sure. Pete the Dog or whatever his name is. Black Pete. Yeah, Black Pete. Peg Leg Pete. Peg Leg Pete. He's gone through Goofy's so many best names. Friend. Isn't it yeah. crazy if you go back and you look like Peg, Peg Leg Pete in like Steamboat Willie is just this uh, horrible, horrible looking thing. And then in the 1940s, as he starts to get refined, he's still got that horrible peg leg and the, the squinty eye. And he's just being the villain. And then as you read in the in the Mickey Mouse comics of the same period, it's more of just evil, evil. And he looks ugly. And then somewhere around the time that the Goofy movie comes out. They're like, hey, yeah, he's just like a suburban dad. Yeah, let's just turn him into this old fat guy that lives next door to Goofy. And now he's just like this lovable character. And and certainly the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse did a lot to continue to make him somewhat likable, even though he's right. He's, he's still bad. an antagonist, but he's yeah. more of a, a nice jerk antagonist. Yeah, I hate that. I hate that they did that to Pig Leg Pete. But the Phantom Blot, ladies and gentlemen, next week. The Phantom Blot. Next week, he's going to be running a, a lemonade stand because it's, it's Disney. Yeah. He's dipping his finger in it when you're not looking. Oh, and ah! then still charging you full price. And he keeps all the change in the bottom of his pitcher. <laughs> and so your your lemonade tastes like quarters. Oh, oh what an evil. Oh, man. Oh, what kind of horrible blot. person does those things? Ah, call the, the, the health control department. <laughs> you just made that up. That doesn't even exist. I do know this. I was in front of a uh, Mexican fast food restaurant today and animal control was there. So, you know, I'm sure they were just there getting their own lunch, but makes you wonder. You know, animal Comics. control has to eat somewhere. <laughs> Image Comics has animal number five. they're controlling the animals. They know where to eat. <laughs> Flavor number four. Ooh, Gideon Falls. That's the uh, Black Barn uh, series there, Matthew. Ooh, is that the one with the Black Barn? Gideon Falls number six, out next week from Image Comics. Same way with Ice Cream Man number six. Oh, Ice Cream Man number five was a creep fest. Yeah, so you might want to check out Ice Cream Man number six. Is it still the whole Twilight, or not Twilight Zone, but essentially here's the story of a man in Ice Cream Man City. 
and then something horrible happens and then ice cream man comes in and then he uh, says something and then the guy does something and then ice cream man comes in at the end. This actually, do you remember when we reviewed ice cream man number four and at the end there was suddenly a guy who seemed like he might be a good version of the oh, ice cream yeah, man? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, issue number five had that guy show up again. And, well, I don't want to spoiler it, but it starts with a man standing on the edge of a building after meeting the ice cream man and jumping to his death. And the rest of the entire book takes place during his trip to the ground. Oh, boy. It's That's pretty be interesting. I may have to go track yeah. that down. Comicsology.com. Uh, Magic Order number three. That's the um, uh, Mark I'll Miller have a joint. Chicken. Uh, Rumble that's number my magic six. Order. Weatherman number three. Weatherman. I'm your weatherman. Marvel Comics has Astonishing X Men Annual number one. Deadpool Assassins number five. Extermination number one. Infinity Wars number two of six. Wait a mm-hmm. minute. Oh, this is the new one. This is not Infinity yes, War. Yes, this is the Infinity this is the War. S after well, the you know what happened in Infinity Wars number one, don't you? No. These a Guardian of the Galaxy. No, Thanos is dead. Thanos is dead. Oh, Thanos a was going to be in Super the Smash Brothers. Turned evil, chopped off Thanos's head, and is now the new big bad. Yeah, but Thanos has died before. Remember that uh, time when we that Thanos miniseries where it starts off with Thanos is dead and uh, one of his. Um, lieutenants thought he was in control of Thanos city. And then Thanos comes back and he's like, no master. No. And then Thanos is like stomps his head and is covered in his blood. And he's like, Thanos is back. He'll be back. Death yep, is, but- death is going to get tired of Thanos hanging around going, see, now we can be together forever. And she's just going to snap her fingers and he's going to come <laughs> back to life. Thanos is going to show up and tip his hat, go milady. And she's going to be like, you're <laughs> <Nope>. out. <laughs> you're out. Nope. <laughs> Star Wars Beckett number one arrives next week. Thor number four and Tony Stark Iron Man number three arrives from Marvel Comics. In all the rest category, we have Archie meets Batman 66 issue number two. Cavewoman Raptorella's Revenge. Yep, that's the name of it. Cavewoman Raptorella's Revenge. Is Raptorella like Vampirella, only a dinosaur? I'm going to guess Is maybe. it like a dinosaur in a tiny bikini? Because uh, But, well, there is a... Um, uh, a massy cover, a massy nude cover, a root cover, a root is it a nude. nude? Root? There is a root nude cover. I don't know what's going on with that company, man. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that cover. All right, so you know, I, how yeah, sometimes... I know. Look, okay, so you think that you know, uh, five, six, seven covers would be enough, right? Looks like they have 18. another one. It might be uh, Looker's Ember number ten. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 covers. Jumping fish hooks. Why know, would you right? need that many covers? I don't know. Why does Fantastic Four need 50 covers? Well, so that Marvel can be the number one seller for the month of August, regardless of how the book sells. Well, maybe that's what they're trying to do with this other company, too. Well, that's entirely possible, but. Ninja K number 10 arrives. Oh, comes you, right if, after Ninja J. If you like all those comics where they use the swear dirty words and they had uh, horrible uh, violence and uh, the women smoked and talked a lot and drank and talked like uh, sailors, you can get Pre-Code Classics Dark Mysteries Hardcover Volume 3. That's a uh, $55 book. There's a Weird Horrors Hardcover. That's $55. Ooh, that and there's like a fun. Ziff Davis Sci-Fi Slipcase Set oh my for God. 100 bucks. The Ziff Davis stuff is getting... I don't know who puts that out because it's in an other category, so this could be Titan. It's certainly not IDW, who usually deals in a lot of these pre-code comics and reprinting those. Right. Um, It could be... Who else could it be? Titan would be the main one that I would think of. Um, 
Yeah, wow. I don't know who this is. I don't. I honestly don't know who this is. So uh, be on the lookout for that if you like the, the Ziff Davis sci-fi classics. <laughs> Zenoscope Entertainment has Revenge of Wonderland number two, and we also have Street Fighter Summer Sports Special number one of one. Street fighters do sports? Apparently. Other than finishing him? You will you will have to find out by going and picking up Street Fighter Summer Sports Special number one next week at your local comic book store. Uh, listeners, you can head over to Majorspoilers.com and uh, find the complete list next week. Uh, for those of you who would like to vote on the comic that we review next week, you know where to head, patreon.com slash Majorspoilers. We thank you so much for being a part of Dueling Review and uh, uh, being with us this week. And uh, we're going to be back next time when you're going to hear Matthew say, Chloe! This podcast is copyright 2018 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.